Welcome to episode 488 of Salcedo Paranormal, and tonight I'm continuing my review of the complete books of Charles Fort. As always, you can find all episodes of the show along with links to social media and other ways to contact me at the podcast page, and that is salcedoparanormal.podbean.com. That's S-A-L-S-I-D-O paranormal.podbean.com. Always happy to hear from you all, whether you have comments or questions or topic suggestions or stories of paranormal experiences, whether they're your own or from others that you trust. Happy to either read those or have you join me on the show to talk about them. Thank you all for listening, whether you are here for the live streams on Discord or if you listen on the podcast or YouTube feeds or on the Trouble Minds Radio Network, KUAP Digital Broadcasting. There you can hear replays of two episodes of the show every night, seven nights a week, uh, as of right now anyway, at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, right before Trouble Minds Radio comes on. As always, I want to thank Michael Strange, host of Trouble Minds Radio, as well as Liam Martin, host of the Exiled Minds podcast, for producing the shows and putting them up on the station, along with the music that you hear at the beginning and end of every episode uh, that you listen, when you listen on the radio there. So uh, if you'd like to support the show, there are some different ways to do that. You can always share the show with others and rate and review it on your podcast platform of choice. I've also written some paranormal fiction and nonfiction books you can check out over on Amazon. I also have a Patreon page you can join and uh, sign up for one, any of the membership tiers there. And that's another way to support the show. And I will be releasing shows there uh, whenever possible. And uh, hopefully I'll be getting back to that after this Halloween season is uh, done. Because uh kind of hard to do six shows a week, plus do another extra show as well. Tried that once, and I did not last long doing that. So, But um, also, if you would just like to make a one-time donation, you can do that through PayPal or Venmo. I know there are other platforms, but um, due to my low vision, those are the ones that work best for me, and the one, basically the only ones I've found that I can use without uh, having to sign up on a phone first. So, And, of course, the reason I don't do that is because it's hard to see on a phone screen. Um, just, uh, just I always like to let everyone know that once in a while, that's why uh, I'm on those platforms instead of uh, any other ones as far as payments go. Um, and, uh, help is never expected, but always appreciated as there are expenses in making the show, uh, from research materials to equipment to travel expenses. And, um, just want to emphasize that last one there right now, as I'm going to the mid Michigan Paracon, uh, in a, in a month to the day, actually, as we're recording this year, uh, but November 4th and 5th, and that's at the Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. In Mount Pleasant, Michigan, I believe I saw somewhere online that um, tickets are starting to uh, basically they're starting to run out of tickets. And uh, so if you want to go to that event, I would definitely hurry and get those, uh, at least for this year. And of course, hopefully there'll be many more years of that event that I can go to as well. Um, but if you uh, are unable to go for any reason and you would still like to support the show and uh, um basically help me spread spread the word about more to other people at these events 
those donation links through PayPal and Venmo are the best ways to uh, help in that way if you are able and if you would like to do so. And I think that covers all of that. <clears throat> so uh, now I can get to the material for the show tonight. And of course, this is a review of the complete books of Charles Fort uh, using uh, AI to summarize some things and uh, my own, basically giving me giving my own input on those summaries as we go along. So um, I'm not sure how far along we are in the whole thing. I know we're, we're on the second book out of four. And uh, so moving along, but it's going to be a it's going to be a long series, which I, I enjoy. But um, but yeah, hopefully you all let me know how much you like if you like it and how much you like it and what you think of it all. And uh, through the podcast page and other platforms and we can go from there. And then if uh, if you all don't care for these long series on one particular project or, or um, publication, publication book series, then we can maybe switch something else, even though. I do have to uh, cover what is interesting to me in order to do the show that way uh, that comes across. So um, getting back to this book here, of course, we are in the middle of uh, the second book in the set, which is called New Lands. And uh, so we're in the middle of this book, close to getting just about halfway point in here in this, in this particular book, maybe two-thirds. Uh, chapter 27 out of 38. So, and again, um, I'm just going to be reading these summaries here. This is not the actual text. It's a summary of the text. And then sort of, as I've been doing, giving my input as I go along. So, uh, this uh, chapter describes various strange events and phenomena reported in newspapers and scientific journals such as objects and figures seen in the sky, mysterious explosions and seizures, I'm guessing, I wonder if they mean quakes, I'm not sure, and disappearances. Uh, Charles Fort suggests that these may indicate the presence of living things in space that sometimes come close to Earth. Uh, examples given include a horse that uh, swam in the sky seen by farmers an army of or an army witnessed marching in the sky and we heard about that in another previous chapter and sheets of paper suddenly rising into the air with no wind I wonder uh, more about that what the details on that are but of course a lot of these are, um, reports um there's only limited details, and then when you're dealing with the summary, the details are even more limited in some cases. Uh, so, let's see here. Moving on, Fort suggests there may be space armies that sometimes cast reflections uh, or shadows uh, on Earth. And uh, some cases seem like things were mysteriously seized or attacked by an okay so actually like latched onto or grabbed by an unknown force in the air that's a amazing idea that's almost like a like a sci-fi version of like a tractor beam um that you see in a lot of sci-fi or star trek star wars stuff has that uh <clears throat> excuse me uh for it sees a pattern where unusual events get interpreted in terms of 
the local beliefs and ideas people already have, which makes sense in a way. But he thinks in many cases uh, resist easy explanation and may indicate uh, events not yet understood or accepted. So, um, moving on to the next chapter here, as 28. And uh, this one talks about uh, various unusual lights and objects seen in the skies in the late 19th and early 20th centuries, so late 1800s, early 1900s, uh, near the times of inferior conjunctions of the planet Venus. So this is astrological positions now. Uh, for it suggests that these may be related may be related to extraterrestrial visitations. Uh, for examples, he uh, talks about a something called the fairy fairy's arrow of light seen projecting from uh, Mars in 1892, triangular and circular light formations seen on the moon in 1887 through 1889. And mysterious airship sightings with uh, colored lights reported across the U.S. in 1897. I have heard of the airships, if I'm not mistaken on that. And those are, some of those seem like they could be explained away through just people um, trying to make technology that far back. Uh, but also there are some where people, I remember this from, I'm not sure if it's from four or other things. I've heard stories about people that are um, people on those ships. They appear to be people, but they appeared to almost like to be almost like swimming through water when they got out of the out of the the ship, which almost acted like a boat. And then they would um, they move around in the air, but as if they were swimming to uh, either dislodge. I believe it was an anchor. I'm terrible at remembering dates and names and all those things, but I feel like I remember that story from somewhere. Anyway, uh, Fort, let's see here, going, going through this. So uh, Fort highlights the tension between conventional scientific explanations for anomalous aerial phenomena and more speculative extraterrestrial ideas. Uh, Fort argues that um, these, uh, these ideas uh, deserve more open-minded consideration. So uh, really amazing just ideas of these sightings here, just of these lights on other planets or on the moon, when, again, going back to that, that last show we did on this topic, where that's way before any kind of space program that we are aware of as far as I know. <clears throat> so that's the end of that chapter. And uh, let me just check in everything here. Make sure everything is going okay in the chat. But yeah, so this kind of stuff really is amazing to me, these ideas. Uh, and so far back, in, in terms of before any major technology was really around, that, that could possibly have created these things, at least as far as we know. Uh, moving on to the next chapter here. Let's see here. I lost my spot. Okay. Um, this section talks about uh, the uh, 
Okay. So there are descriptions here of flaming things in the sky, luminous clouds, and explosive sounds. Uh, potential mundane explanations could be uh, meteors, atmospheric effects, or even unusual weather, but they seem difficult to uh, identify based on these uh, historical accounts. And this is uh, somewhat of the uh, AI talking there, being the, uh, of course, more skeptical version <clears throat> of, um, of, of the summary here. Uh, and let me see here. So these accounts, uh, that's basically all mentions about those accounts. I guess we'll go on to the next one here. Some of these take a little while to summarize. Other ones, there's a lot to skip through. So uh, this next section uh, talks about, uh, let me see here, strange events like unexplained explosions, falls of unknown substances from the sky, appearances of mysterious ship, uh, I'm sorry, objects in the sky. Fort suggests that some of these events may represent relations with unknown external regions beyond the Earth. There's that idea again. Uh, he, uh, let's see here. So the book uh, talks about the possibility of lost civilizations somehow being transported to the skies with remains still circul circulating uh, in space. And uh, so that's an amazing idea. So uh, Fort sees, uh, let me see here, science and idealism as sometimes, uh, I'm not sure, confusing people, I guess, or leading people to anticipating uh, catastrophes. Fort argues for a more open-minded approach at all these things, obviously. Uh, the book talks about many reports of unidentified flying objects, luminous aerial objects, and odd substances falling from the sky. Again, we've already talked about this. I'm sorry for the repeating things. Uh, he sort of makes references here back to the first book, which is that Book of the Damned. So um, let's see here. Moving on to Chapter 31. This next one talks more about these strange sightings. Uh, now, this one talks apparently about uh, phantom cities, more lights, and unseen forces in the late 1800s, early 1900s. And uh, let's see here. Apparently, so this gets a little more into, into actual accounts here, which is good. In Virginia, in the U.S., in 1900s, or, I mean 1900, two men re were reportedly struck by lightning on a clear day with no storms. Uh, similar events uh, occurred on mountaintops in California. Uh, Fort sees these as evidence of unknown forces, so basically an unknown energies, I guess. And I've heard of that, but it seems like it's... Maybe I've only heard of that here or there once in a great while. Um, and that is odd. Uh, let me see here. The next thing it talks about here is in France in 1893, soldiers were not unconscious by an unseen force with no storms heard. Now, some of these, I'm guessing there would be record of it, though, if this was the case. I was just thinking of 
um, objects like I forget now what they call them exactly. Basically, rocks that are shooting towards Earth that explode in the sky and then create create shock waves. I guess I could kind of see maybe those causing some of that, but I feel like even at that point in time, scientists were aware of some of those kinds of things. So I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Uh, the next part in this section here talks about a solar eclipse in 1898. An astronomer saw an unknown object near Venus and Mars. Um, for it sees this as evidence of invisible objects being revealed under special astronomical circumstances. And that's an amazing idea because I can apply that in, in different ways to just um, small scale paranormal experiences where people see objects moving in their homes. And yes, there are um, different paranormal explanations for that. But if you think about that, people will see maybe like a shadow for a split second sometimes uh, before or after the object moves or just a figure even, and then it'll be gone. And so the question there is why were they able to see that figure for just that moment, even just without the objects moving? In some cases where people just see an, uh, another a form of a person but they only see it for just a split second. And of course, the logical explanation in those cases is usually, well, it's your eyes playing tricks on you if it's that fast or if it's out of the corner of your eye. And I'm sure that in a lot of cases that can be the that can be what happens. But um, as I always say, I don't like to write off the other possibilities at the same time either. Uh, next section here, well, in the same chapter, uh, a man says, it says that the man photographed photographed moonlit scenery in Switzerland and found unexplained bright markings on the developed photo, though no lightning was seen. Um, more evidence of unknown forces. Now, uh, I don't know. I've heard cameras can... Photography can be tricky. So, again, I don't know about that one. Um, not saying it is or isn't what the book says there, just possibilities. <clears throat> um says that in England in 1888, uh, thousands of sheep across a wide area simultaneously uh, ran from their pens in a panic. And uh, an explicable alarming force is suggested there. I've heard of that in different locations too. Uh, animals acting weird in weird ways. It's almost like they can sense or they feel or know something is going on that we don't pick up on. Uh, it says, in 1908 in England, a light was seen as if from an unseen moon. A man photographed this light, and the developed, ima developed image showed a distinct moon-like object invisible to the eye. More evidence of an unseen space object. That's an amazing one. I've always wondered about that with... um. Other dimensions? Are there other planets out there that are only in other dimensions somehow that are still out there in the universe, but we just don't have access to them? So, other planets or other just other objects, moons, whatever. Uh, let's see here. The next thing mentioned sightings of mirages and aerial cities in Alaska. And so, I've heard of that in China, I believe, recently, but not Alaska. 
course, they're dismissed as hoaxes in some cases. Others cannot be explained, though. Uh, Fort sees these as possible evidence of unknown fixed geographical areas in the sky. So, um, but yeah, that's an amazing section there, that chapter there. Some um, really out there ideas that I think are just really fun to think about. I think we have time for at least one more section here. Let me check on the stream again real quick. But, uh, yeah, okay, everything's good. So um, getting to this next section here, chapter 32. Um, this is more events, it looks like. On the night of December 7th, 1900, a, in quotation marks here, fountain of light was seen uh, playing on the planet Mars for 70 minutes. Wow. Uh, some people like Tesla, Nikola Tesla, <clears throat> thought it was signals from uh, Mars Martians, so aliens, basically. Uh, whatever it was, that's still amazing for that to be there. It says that during solar and lunar eclipses, this is another event here, apparently, when planets like Venus are at their uh, brightest, some people on Earth have reported uh, strange lights and objects in the skies. There are many accounts of this from the late 1800s and early 1900s. So that's an amazing idea as well. Again, makes me wonder if that's why there are so many ideas from that time about um, Martians and aliens and other planets, Venus and Mars and all those things. Sort of makes you think, no wonder they have these ideas. Uh, some people do anyway. Um, if they're seeing their, these lights on these planets, then, I mean, not that I'm saying that I know what they are, but I can see how that would be uh, an idea that would that people would, would uh, come to. Let's see here. Uh, overall, let me see here. Fort sees these accounts as evidence that there may be unknown forces, objects, and geographical areas nearby which are invisible but detectable under certain circumstances. Uh, so let's see here. So yeah, that's an amazing idea. And of course, um, Fort wants these to be looked into more, obviously. So uh, that was chapter 31. I think I, I don't know if I said that or not. Uh, let me see here. Okay. Um, so this next section here, I think, I'll, I think I'll see if I can do this. On the night of December 7th. Oh, no, I think I just did that one. I think I might have searched those two chapters around, and I apologize for that. I think I just read 30. Two, and then I just read 31. The joys of having a blind, uh, legally blind uh, host here. Um, so let's see here. Uh, maybe they repeat some things. Anyway, I think that's where we'll end with the, the summaries tonight, and we'll uh, pick up back with uh, chapter 33 on the next one of these shows. So, um, so this has been an amazing series so far, to me anyway. And uh, I really enjoyed sort of having all this summarized because um, it may seem weird in a way because I don't, there's not a ton of information in here, but I have looked through parts of the, these books and there's not always a lot more than what I'm sharing here in the, uh, the summaries anyway. Sometimes there is, but not always. So 
But thank you all for listening, and I will talk to you on the next episode of Salcedo Paranormal. Take care.